Hey, Greg. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you, buddy. Good to see you. It's good to be here. We're, at, we're live at TechCrunch Disrupt for a live episode, so this is a really, really cool one. For context, Greg and I met only two days ago um, at the first day of the conference. Hard and, to believe. <laughs> and really hit it off, and I thought he would be a great person for uh, people to listen to and learn something from. So want to get into our questions now, and one of the things that really interested me about your story is your music background. I obviously also have a music background, so we related over that, and you started your career as a drummer. You went to Berkeley College of Music, which is a pretty infamous music school, and now you run Triple G Ventures, which is investing in a lot of music-type companies and creator brands. So my first question would be, how has your music experience as a drummer really helped you with evaluating investment opportunities in the space? Being a drummer is a really unique experience. So I've been playing drums since I was about two years old and started playing professionally when I was about 14 years old and went all the way, went all in. I don't do anything half-assed. And I went all in and, um, you know, I think it really prepared me for the idea of thinking creatively. I mean, my real background is sandwiching together my passion for music and creativity together with the world of business. The way I think about business and the way I think about everything for that matter is through the world of or through the lens of a drummer. You can imagine a drummer has to get up on stage. That drummer has to get along with his bandmates. We call that a team. Uh, that drummer has to find the right rhythm and groove that's going to entertain the audience. Imagine if you have the right rhythm and groove, everybody's tapping their feet. You add on some nice um, harmony and melody. Oh, my goodness, everybody's <laughs> singing along. That is what we need to do as a business operator. And now at Triple G, we bring uh, years and years and years of, uh, you know, executive leadership experience together with the world of creative thinking, music, and entertainment. And Triple G has a couple of different arms of the business, which I'll, I'll let you get into, but two of them at least would be kind of the business consulting side and the venture studio. So are you always investing money in the companies that you're consulting for or are those two not mutually exclusive? So we take a, um, an operations first philosophy. So why? Uh, you know, the company was born uh, in 2020. Okay. So right in the height of the pandemic. And I said, you know what? I think this whole venture thing is kind of broken, right? You spend a lot of time, you know, gearing up for your pitch for an investor. And you dance along with that investor for months and months and months and months. And you've now burned lots and lots and lots of cash. And you're finally going to get that magical check. And it comes and it's too small. And you've already spent a bunch of money trying to get that check. And now you're going to go do it again. Now you're chasing your tail. I think that's broken. So what we're doing is starting with the, taking operational roles first and filling the gaps in companies where they exist first and foremost. So that is really where we start. Step one. Step two, we say we identify where capital is actually needed and why it's needed. Sometimes it's actually not, believe it or not. And so we really figure it out because we look at the long-term view of the business and building out a sustainable business. Now we say, oh, okay, this company needs capital and here's why. 
Once we can answer that and articulate that clearly, we will either lean into our network or invest directly ourselves. Now, there's a third element, which we have uh, just started on the path of, which is M&A uh, and working to help companies either exit or uh, even acquire them ourselves. So this is something we're, we're working on. That's the latest thing. We'll keep it between us. Okay, sounds good. So what would you say are the main personality characteristics that you look for in entrepreneurs when you're deciding whether to back them or not? Humility and coachability. These are the first two things we look at because you know why? If you, if you bring a human element to the way you think, when times get tough, uh, you're probably going to stick with it. You're probably going to be real. Uh, you're not going to chase your team away, all those kind of things. Coachability is kind of number one in my book, though, because if you're not coachable and you're not going to listen to the lessons that have already been learned, look, I don't know anything more than you do or anyone else does, but what I do know is lessons learned. And if you don't want to listen to those lessons learned, well, then it might not be a good fit. So now take me through, let's do three or four or, or more if you need, portfolio companies uh, for Triple G right now that you're really excited about backing and think they have a lot of growth potential. My goodness, we couldn't be more excited about working with this Tel Aviv-based company, um, which is doing generative AI audio enhancement. Nobody knows what that means, but I'm going to tell you. The company is called InSounds. Uh, they are changing the way you, you actually capture uh, uh, audio and uh, turn it into studio quality sound. What does that mean? Okay. You and I are having this podcast. This is pretty awesome, but we're sitting in front of microphones. We have headphones. We have mixers. We have all this gear. I love gear. I love gear more than anybody, but we could throw it all away with InSounds. InSounds is a, a SaaS-based platform, an app, basically, that's on my phone, you know, that's on any of my devices, that I can talk directly into any of my devices and capture the audio, and it uses generative AI to remove the background noise. It has a proximity effect. It gets rid of it and fixes it and turns it directly into studio-quality sound way faster than it just took me to tell you that. It's instant. It's pretty awesome. So check it out. It's uh, insounds.com. Uh, with a Z at the end. Um, and uh, so InSounds is pretty cool. We're also working with another company that's a musical instrument company, um, which is really neat. They have um, a product called Orba. Uh, the company is called Artifon, or and the product's called Orba 2. Orba 2 is available everywhere, and basically it's a handheld musical instrument that actually, on one side, it's like a musical fidget spinner. On the other side, it's a professional piece of gear that is kind of like a studio in your pocket. Um, this thing is a top seller everywhere from Guitar Center to MoMA. It is awesome. Um, they have a new product coming very soon called Corda. Um, so check that out on Artifon.com. Um, I'll give you one more, which is uh, Lava, which is a, a guitar. Um, but actually, it's a carbon fiber guitar. They just introduced the other day a, a wood version as well. Um, but it's kind of like a smart guitar. It's got a uh, what looks like an iPhone built into it. Um, and it has a metronome and it has a way to learn. They call it High Lava and uh, High Lava 2.0, in fact. And uh, there's a pretty awesome video on the, on the internet that just came out uh, with Zach Page and uh, Jordan Rudis uh, performing a duo, which is, you need to check out, man. You, you would <laughs> dig this. You would dig this. So for many of these companies, how does Triple G evaluate the market size? I know this will sound very much venture capitalist. We are a tech crunch, so I, I would say it fits. 
But how do you go about evaluating the size of the market opportunity when a lot of these companies are addressing kind of, not niche, but very specific problems within an industry? Yeah, I, I think that you, you hit the nail on the head. What, what is the niche that they're trying to fill? Mm-hmm. And, and starting with that, when we look at the industry you know, at large, right? We, we look at uh, what does a competitive landscape really look like? Not just a slide with like, you know, uh, you put your company in the top right-hand corner. No, get rid of that. I want to know specifically, competitively, where the market is, where it's going, uh, and, and also identify from a financial perspective, you know, what the actual TAM uh, is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, we spend a lot of time evaluating and analyzing uh, markets in general. Where are things moving? Where is investment going? Where is it not going? You know. And all investors do this a little bit differently. But for you guys at Triple G Ventures, what are some of the, you don't have to say specifically, but some of the metrics that you look at to say, okay, not only is this a cool idea, but there's a lot of traction and it's a lot better than the other competitors. What are the, some of the kind of the key things you look at? Of course, we look at, you know, the, the generic, you know, financial metrics that any investor uh, or, or corporate would look at. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, is I want to know is a founder from the very early stage understanding where their cash flow is going, where their um, where their um, broader stroke uh, customer base is coming from. How much does it cost to acquire each one of those customers? I, I really want to understand, does the founder understand the inner workings of their business? Again, our view is on the longer term sustainability of a business, building a business model and a plan that actually is something that, that someone can lean in on. And this will kind of be a, a two a two-sided or two-step approach for this question, but it revolves around lessons. And so I want to first ask you, what is a lesson that you learned from your own operating and founder experience? And then the second question would be on top of that, what's one thing or, or one lesson that the team at Triple G has learned over the last three years that has helped you kind of refine your approach? Well, you know, I, I've been I've been fortunate to be part of several VC-backed companies, and I've watched the rise and fall of, of venture capital and how much and little comes in. I think one of the things that I've, I've seen is companies taking on too much uh, venture capital in when times were good and when times were bad, not enough. Uh, I think somewhere in the middle lies the truth, which I go back to what is the fundamental tenets of the business from an operational perspective. Uh, whether it's SaaS, whether it's hardware, whether it's software, whether it's an ecosystem of products, doesn't matter. The, the tenants of business remain the same. And I think that's, um, you know, the biggest lesson for me is focusing on that, which is why I fixated on it and built a business around it. Um, your second question was what now? <laughs> the second question was you guys started about three years ago. Yeah. What is... It could be something that maybe surprised you in the last three years that you didn't anticipate, but what's a lesson that the team has learned that has helped you kind of adapt or refine your investment approach? 
Yeah. Um, I, I think, you know, early on, we looked at a whole series of different companies and really were kind of enamored with, you know, different things that you see in here. I think now we have a very clear checklist on exactly what uh, we believe is the secret sauce, starting with the founders and the executive team, starting with that coachability and going all the way through the financial metrics of the business. But I will say this. You talk about us, this is a tech conference and everybody wants to talk about venture and all of this stuff. For me, it's about the products. You know, if you want to use an analogy that everyone uses, let's talk about Mr. Steve Jobs. Why did he change the world? Well, if you really listen to any of his interviews, he's really fixated on the product. The outcome is what comes with it. I'll give you one more thing, which is I am really, I have, a, um, I met with an executive coach years ago. I tell everybody I meet this. And he said to me, he said, Greg, what do you want to be? And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I want to get this and I want to have that. And, okay, cool. He said, no, what do you want to be? What do you need to do to get there? And what will you have at the end? Be, do, have. To me, this is how, this is another lens that I look through on a daily basis. We share this with all of our portfolio companies. Uh, really thinking about who do you want to be, not only as yourself, but in your company. What do you need to do to get there and what will you have at the end? Most people do it backwards. They start with what they're going to have. I want to have a hundred million dollar exit. Hmm. I want to, you know, do this. I want to do that. That's wonderful. But you need to start with who you want to be. You know, there's books that are written on this. Start with the why, all this kind of stuff. That's where you got to start and then figure out what you got to do to get there and what you'll have at the end. Be, do, have. And that's a great insight. I think, not to push back on what you were saying, but I would love kind of your perspective on this as well. We see many companies across many sectors that have a great product, right? They've spent years refining the product and they go nowhere and they make no money. And you see on the flip side, companies that start with a eh product that turn out to be superstars because they're really good at driving revenue growth. So let's, let's take, you know, almost as a case study, one of your companies, and we won't say which one, but they have a great product and you are looking for the ways in which you can help optimize their growth. What C-suite executives are you looking to place in first? Is that a chief marketing officer? Is that a product officer? How are you going about that? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's really about understanding your customer and the, the, the need that you're actually solving. You mm -hmm. know, like if I'm going to sell you this microphone that's sitting in front of us right now, you know, I, I'm not going to tell you all its features and, the, you know, that the color it is and the, all the metal that's used or whatever. None of that matters. Right. What matters is, can you hear me right now? Is there a connection? Like, are we is this working for you? Is this changing your life? Right. So focusing on things that are going to change your life and focusing on solving customer needs, that's where it needs to start. So, yeah. So I'll give you a great example of one of the companies to answer your question. We um, we were brought into a company recently. They had been at it for a very long time. Uh, incredible technology portfolio, IP out the wazoo, everything you could ever dream of and not one customer. So we came in about six, nine months ago and we spent the last six, nine months, uh, we started with a strategy first. Everybody wants to skip that part. Uh, but we started with that first uh, and we did our kind of five step, six step process to actually go through and assess the business, plan it all out and get it all together. 
Well, we did that, and then we executed relentlessly for six months. Six months later, here we are, products launch, and the business is starting to take off. So, you know, that's what we do. I don't know if that's called marketing. I don't know if that's called sales. I don't know what it's called. I think it's called starting with the customer and filling their need. And you're, I mean, you're saying that because I think what is interesting about Triple G is you have both this operational, real, you know, like let's build a healthy business and you're also a venture studio, right? So it's almost in this current market climate, it almost seems like a dichotomy, right? It is. Or a catch-22. What would you say to to founders, right? We could be a tech crunch right now and they could say, I'm trying to raise a series A. You may not be interested in the business, but what would be some advice you would give to a founder about fundraising and how to go about that process? Be, do, have. I'll go back to that again. <laughs> what do you want to be? What are you going to do to get there? And what are you going to have at the end? Again, let's say you and I, you had this great idea. I want to build this microphone. I'll use it again, okay? I want to build this microphone. Okay, great. What do you want to be in three to five years, six years, 10 years, whatever your trajectory is? In 10 years, I want to be the number one microphone brand in the world. I want to be the company that's going to change the way audio is make, made, mixed, heard, captured, whatever you want, right? That's what you want to be. Okay, good. Now, what do you need to do to get there? Well, there's a lot of stuff you got to do. I think that middle part is what everybody skips. And then what will you have in the end? I don't know. I mean, if I'm the largest one in the world, I'm probably going to be larger than the other guys. And that's X many millions of dollars. I'm probably going to have so many customers because of it. And you can work backwards from there. Be, do, have. I really think that's important whether you're building your own brand or doing your own thing or or whatever, or you're building a company from scratch. You just, it, it, and even, you know, it even goes to the point of on a daily basis, uh, when you start your week, wh- what do you want to be this week? I want to be the guy that goes to TechCrunch and I'm going to go to TechCrunch and I'm going to meet this guy, Greg, and we're going to do this podcast and it's going to be amazing. Okay, what do I got to do to get there? Well, I got to find the guy. And then once I find him, I got to meet him. And then once I do this and I blah, 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 blah. And then what am I going to have at the end? I'm going to have this awesome recorded podcast that like is going to go out on the TechCrunch Podcast Network. This is pretty awesome. Yeah. No, it's that's be, do, have. And this, as you had said earlier, this advice about this be, do, have came from an executive coach who could, you could say maybe would be a mentor to you in that way. Yeah. Who are some other mentors that you've had throughout your professional career that have really helped with your professional journey? Amazing. So uh, I was a younger guy and I took a gig at a company and I met this guy named Mark Frederick. He uh, has been at this company for, I guess, like 30 years or something like this. He's still the executive vice president, senior vice president at In Music Brands. He took me under his wing. Uh, The guy has incredible tenacity. He has discipline. He has the ability to communicate his ideas very, very clearly and succinctly. Uh, And uh, he has just done some amazing things and had just an amazing career. But I'm so grateful for the fact that I can call him a friend now. uh, But he really was a mentor to me early on. And, um, you know, I learned so many great lessons from him. And, uh, yeah, Mark Frederick, check him out. Cool guy. And what would be one piece of advice that you would give to young people? They don't have to be interested in tech or what you're doing, but just about being successful in whatever you want to do. What would be one piece of advice you would give to young people to do that? Well, I think that be do have is, is quite good <laughs> already, but I'll give you I'll give you a couple of more. I think, you know, in today's world, 
Uh, it is really about being human. It's about connecting with people on a, on a human level. Uh, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how much money or little money someone has, they're people. Uh, and uh, people want to feel good. They want to be recognized. They want to be heard. Um, I think you uh, you embody some of these things, my friend. You, you reached out to me. I, I just met you. Uh, I feel like I've known you forever, and uh, I feel like uh, we're probably going to do some great stuff together. I don't know what, but uh, we'll find something to do. Uh, the point is um, you reached out out of thin air, and um, we didn't know each other last week. We do this week, and uh, I think it's about building those relationships. Don't be shy. Get out there. The struggles are real. We all have them. Get out there and go for it. So one final question I have, and I want to bring it back to Triple J. You guys seem to be doing great right now. What is one area in the next year that you guys want to work on improving in your business model? We're really focused on getting that third leg of the stool off the ground and really focused on, uh, which is really all about M&A, right? Um, what I'd love to see Triple G doing is, uh, you know, not only taking the operational roles, not only applying capital where it belongs and, and creating, you know, uh, real value, uh, but also, um, you know, acquiring companies and or helping them exit. I think to me, that's the, the third leg and that needs to happen in the next 12 months. And it's, it's happening now. Well, Greg, I really want to just thank you again for taking the time. Such a cool environment to be able to do this in at the TechCrunch Disrupt event and really excited for the connection and the relationship we're going to continue to build together. So, Thank you. Thank you. A pleasure to be here, my friend. All right.